social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't have what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I am super excited to have Michelle McGoffin on my podcast. Michelle is passionate about technology and fascinated by the way people integrate it into the functions of their daily lives. She has 15 years of digital marketing experience in the retail, real estate, automotive, and financial services industries, working with companies like Edmunds.com, Move.com, technology and e-commerce startups, and a variety of small businesses. Michelle is currently the director of social media marketing at Farmers Insurance, where she leads the content marketing and social media strategy for the Farmers Insurance and 21st Century brands, as well as the Farmers Agent Social Media Program. So I'm super excited to have her on today. And Michelle, I have the best story to share with you. I can't wait to hear it. And thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. Okay. So my family loves the We Are Farmers jingle. And so we, so instead of we are farmers, bum 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 bum, we sing we are kirpins, bum 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 bum, like all the time. It's an it's a problem. That is adorable. I'm telling you. And the thing is, Michelle, I should share this socially for you guys because that is kind of like social gold, like two little girls singing that over and over. It's pretty cute. Yeah, absolutely. We we do get videos sent in occasionally of people showing us their cute little toddler singing it when the commercial's on. Or kids love it. I don't. I, they do. I don't know how they get it, but they just immediately know it. Well, it's clearly whoever wrote it is a total genius because they knew that it would happen, and we just completely adapted it to be, of course, in the narcissistic age of social media, all about ourselves. <laughs> so it's <was laughs> quite perfect. So Michelle, I would love to hear the story of your career and how you got to this position and and just the story of you. So hit it. Sure. It actually, as I was living it, it felt sort of like a long and windy road. But now <laughs> when I look back at it, I go, oh, I've been in digital marketing for 15 years. Ah. Um, so I started in 1999 as a content editor for a startup. So it really was a writing position. I was writing product copy for an e-commerce startup but I'm very process-oriented, and so, I don't know, within two months, I was running the production process there, and this was early days internet, and Mm -hmm. soon that became um, a web producer position, and then I moved on to becoming a product manager, and I worked at move.com, then I worked at edmunds.com, so I spent probably about 10 or 11 years in product management for consumer-facing web. And then I moved into social media. It was when I was at Edmunds.com, so I was director of product management there, and I moved into the role of director of social media. Um, But it felt like at that time it really was a natural extension of everything that I had already been doing with our customer base on the web. It was one more avenue for me to talk to them, to be able to reach them in a different way than I had been reaching them. And Edmunds was about to get serious with a form of social media strategy. And so this was 
This is about the end of 2010 that I moved into that role, and then I've been doing social media ever since. And so it sounds like it was really just an evolution, like you said, from from digital into this kind of more social niche. Right. And it, But it felt like, so one thing that people ask me, you know, when you start a new job, when you're interviewing, and my team here asks this of me is, where do you see yourself in five years? And I feel like that's such a crazy question in our field because every five years I have a job that did not exist five years before. Totally. And so how do you how do you then prepare for that? Like, do you just hone your skills and when new things come out, you absorb and learn? Are you always learning? What type of advice would you have for somebody then going into this field in, that is constantly changing? That's absolutely it. Always be learning. I feel like I am a voracious consumer of everything digital. I love keeping up with what's new on the web, what's new mobily, new devices. I feel like I'm always wanting to know what's new and where people are going, and I'm paying attention to what other companies are doing because I never know what I'm going to see that another company is doing that's going to click for me and allow me to use something in a novel way for the company Mm. that I'm currently at. And so I definitely don't I look to competitors to see where they're at in relation to where we are at, but I never look to competitors for innovation. I always look outside of my field, and mm. I tend to focus on on the retailers and e-commerce companies because it seems like they have to innovate the fastest, really faster than anyone else. And whenever I see something really cool, I feel like I saw it first by somebody who is selling a million products every day. I love that tip. So look to retail and look to e-commerce. Yeah, you know, forever I was watching what Amazon is doing. And at times it feels like it's a boring company and why would you care what Amazon is doing? But they are seriously on top of their game. And when um, they were the, the first to really get Omni, Omni Channel, and be have all of their presences connected so that no matter how you touched Amazon, they knew exactly who you were and what you were doing the last time you touched Amazon, even if it was from a different device or a different method. See, I love that. And and that actually speaks to how process-oriented you are, that that's what you pick up on. It's just that the experience is so connected and that, that anytime they do anything, they know that you've been there, et cetera. It's, it makes total sense that you would look at them. They have to, um, not, I mean, not speaking about Amazon, in particular now, but retailers have to innovate so quickly and really innovate from a visual perspective, too, because I feel like their space is even more crowded than everyone else's. Right. And so you're working in the insurance space, which is a pretty regulated space, right? Yes, very regulated industry. So how do you innovate in in an industry that's regulated like that? That piece is difficult. Mm -hmm. um, But I'm fortunate and in speaking to my peers, I found that the social media team at Farmers, we are fortunate, and we have a situation that is rather unique, I think, when it comes to adhering to our regulatory guidelines. Uh, we have all the same guidelines that everyone else has, and, I mean, they're not guidelines. They're actually rules that we have to follow. But internally, our lawyer is assigned just to marketing, so mm-hmm. he really understands what the marketing organization is doing, and in particular, he personally has an affinity for social, so he gets what we're trying to do as a team, and we work very closely with him so that even though nearly all of our content has to be approved by him before it can go live, we're still able to be 
um, nimble while maintaining compliance with all of the regulations. And so talk to me a little bit about the social strategy at Farmers. Tell me your your approach and, and just overall what you guys are doing over there. So we're split between our corporate social media presence and our agent social program. Yep. Um, on the corporate side, our strategy is the same as a lot of companies, right? We're we want to service our customers. We have a very service-oriented social presence, um, but we also want to increase awareness, increase consideration, drive people down the funnel to ultimately a purchase path. So in that, in that sense, we have the same goals as practically every other business on social media. But in addition to being customer-centered, Farmers is agent-powered. Mm. We sell all of our products through our agent force. And so on the agent social media side, we're really acting more as a consultancy for our agents. Mm-hmm. We use a platform called Hearsay, so we use that to administer our program, and that allows us to create a library of farmers-branded content that agents can then share out to their social media profiles. But a huge part of our program is education. And so we're trying to educate agents about the best way to use social to drive business for them. And for them, the focus is as any small business owner. So their their social media presence is the social media presence of a small business owner. So it's really focused on the agent as an individual and what they can bring to their relationship with you as a customer in a different way than we focus on farmers as a brand from our corporate side. And so that's your your program, right, that you presented on at socialmedia.org, hashtag agent social? That's right. That's awesome. And so when you're measuring the social success of farmers, I would imagine you you measure each of those kind of two goals and those two areas differently. Are they Are they managed entirely differently and how do you measure them? Yeah, we do measure them differently. Uh, We look at some of the same metrics. So on the corporate side, we look at the same things that everybody else does. We look at reach and engagement. We look at audience growth within our target demographic, and uh, we look at, you know, clicks back to the website. We try to follow it all the way through to see if we can attribute real business back to social. And then on the agent side, we do look at that stuff as well, but we also... Uh, work very closely. I have a dedicated social media analyst on my team, mm-hmm. and she works with other internal teams to tie agent social activity back to agent business. And so we're able to see that um, enrollment in our agent social program, which is completely voluntary on the part of the agent, really affects business. We see that agents who are enrolled in our program versus agents who are not have higher rates of new business, and they have higher quote volumes than other agents. And that is true across every segment of agent that we looked at. That is fabulous. So all of these things are really incredible. Tell me about what would you say the biggest challenges for you and for the business at Farmers in social? What's What's a challenge you face? I think the biggest challenge for us is, on the agent side, convincing more agents to bring their bring their business to social, mm. to use social as a part of their integrated marketing mix and to show them that it doesn't have to be this time-intensive thing for them, that they can devote as little or as much time as they have to it and to help them prioritize that time and use it effectively because we can show them that if you are on social, 
it drives your business. So I think that's a challenge is bringing that message out to more agents. And so that's definitely a focus of some of my team members in the coming year. I think on the corporate side, it's really... It's really the challenge that we all have as digital marketers. How can we continue to serve our customers while keeping our brand relevant and authentic and still continuing to try to innovate? And as you mentioned, especially being in a regulated industry, that is difficult because we're not able to necessarily jump on everything that we want to jump on. And I think especially in social media, we want to try every new thing that comes along but we really have to be thoughtful and purposeful about how we do it because we're working for a national brand that Absolutely. has, we have an established voice and reputation and we have to make sure that the things that we're doing are a fit for our brand and are serving our customers. So it sounds like one of the challenges is actually having to take, it's both a blessing and a challenge, right? It's like, you know your voice, you know who you are, you know what you stand for, but it's that you can't jump into every single thing that you want to do because sometimes it doesn't fit. Right. And how can we continue to push the envelope, but in a way that makes sense for our brand? Yes. And so I know, Michelle, you've worked um, in a variety of different places, but I know you've worked on both the agency side and the brand side. And we have a lot of uh, younger listeners who are just starting out in their careers. And so I would love to know from your perspective um, in terms of where, if somebody's getting started in social, should they start on the agency side? Should they start on the brand side? What should they be looking for uh, in a career as they get started? You know, it's interesting that you ask that question. I've been a guest speaker in a few local marketing classes at universities, and I have told them that I feel like they should start on the agency side, mm-hmm. that if they don't know which way they want to go or if they're not sure that from a career perspective or, you know, just pure job searching perspective, I feel like it's easier to go agency to brand than it is, than it is to go brand to agency. Yeah, I do too, actually. And And I think that if you are at an agency first, you get a lot of exposure, or ideally that you're going to get exposure to multiple brands, Mm -hmm. and you'll see ways that different companies are set up. At least from the agency side, it's not going to be the same as working internally in-house for a brand. But definitely for a young person coming out of college, if they can go agency first, I think that that will give them more opportunity or more options moving forward. And so if we're looking at, you know, getting a start in agency would be great. And I agree with you that you get a lot of exposure to different brands. You see how different companies operate. What are the critical skill sets that you would say are essential uh, for a career today in social media? Recognizing, of course, your advice, which I think makes sense, that in five years it might be entirely different. Uh, But today, what do you think are the key skill sets that we need? I think you have to actually have business experience using social. And so another piece of advice I gave to the students that I spoke to was generally I don't advocate working for free, but if you want to get some experience in this, if your parents own a business, your parents' friends own a business, you know some small business owners, adults in your life who you can help, just do it. Just offer to help them. Get a little bit of experience. Put that on your resume so that you have experience using social for business and not just for yourself. But in addition to that, I feel like they really have to be avid social users. You have to have an aptitude, an affinity for online social that is just inherent. I don't think it's something that you can learn. You can you can teach social writing to somebody who's already a good writer or you can teach them 
how to add social media as a mix to an overall marketing program if they already have some sort of marketing background, but you can't teach someone to love it. And so I feel like that's important. And you think it's important to love it. I think it is because you have to really be passionate about it. If you, if you're not passionate about social, move into some other piece of digital marketing or do something else. But I feel like social is something you have to really feel passionate about. And probably the people who are in direct mail feel the same way about direct mail. Totally. But that's why I don't work in direct mail. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? You're not passionate about direct mail? I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Don't send me mail. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Alert, everyone. Do not send Michelle any mail. Very bad. (laughs) Okay. I better rip up my cute thank you card. I was about to write you. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, You know what? Send me something from some e-cards. That'll be better. Okay. Good. Perfect. (laughs) Done. That's perfect. I love it. I will say one more thing, though, that I think is essential for a skill set in social and really in any type of marketing that you're going to go into is you need to have an understanding of the business side of marketing. When, when I got into this field, I, I loved being a product manager. It really was a mix of the analytical side of me, the creative side. And I loved it. And I loved everything that I was doing, but I was so focused on the work that I was doing. You know, I was young and I was inexperienced and I loved my work that I wasn't able yet to see the broader picture of how what I was doing tied into all the other areas of business. And I think social is one of the more horizontal functions of marketing because we're a part of everybody else's marketing campaigns. I think you really need to have that broader understanding of how is all of this working together to drive business for your company? What are your business goals as a company? I absolutely love that advice, Michelle, and I think people need to hear that. So I, I think that's that's killer. So tell me a little bit. So I know you're you're a heavy user personally of social media. Does the fact that you work in social make you use social personally more or less? That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it goes, honestly, it goes up and down based on my current workload. Yeah. I don't think that it makes it makes me use social more or less personally, but it definitely makes me use it differently. Interesting. Because, so I have, a, I have a pretty large team here, but most of them are internal from farmers, and they came to social from other departments. And the team grew right before I joined farmers last year. So they were fairly new to social. Like, they came from... Corpcom, or one was an analyst in HR. And so one of the first things I did for them was I showed them all of my social media profiles, and I said, you are a social media professional now. How you use your social media profile personally is part of your resume. It reflects on you, and it reflects on the company. And so I definitely use it differently than I did when I was a product manager because everything I do now needs to be a professional reflection of me as well as a personal reflection. So I keep it clean. <laughs> I, love, I love it. You keep it clean. Do you ever find yourself, you know, after kind of a long day and working in social, do you want to shut it off or do you feel like um, you are able to get right back on and, and interact personally and talk about life and those types of things that you do? 
No, I never want to shut it you off. You never want to shut it. it off. You love it. You love it. I absolutely love that, Michelle. So where should people follow you? I know that if we want to go to all your social sites, we can find you at about.me slash Michelle with two L's M. But tell me where you would want people to follow you the most. You know, I used to say Twitter, but honestly, I'm so Facebook now. And I accept most friend requests for people who are... Um, in my field and definitely in my company, anyone who I know through other social channels, because like I said, it's, it's fairly open. I love it. Yeah. I'd say Facebook or Pinterest. Follow me on Pinterest. I'm I'm definitely going to follow you on Pinterest. See, I was actually hoping that you would say Twitter. So I could say at Peeves Michelle, my favorite name of all names. (laughs) You can follow me on Twitter. That's, that's the one channel these days that if I'm really busy, that's the one that gets the, the least amount of activity. Oh, and what is your personal favorite network? Right now, it's definitely Pinterest. But you know what's making a comeback what? for me, which I was on heavily maybe a few years ago, but not so much anymore, is Polyvore. I love Polyvore. Oh, comeback. I haven't heard Polyvore in a while. I'm very impressed by that, Michelle. Awesome. What's gotten me back into Polyvore is what they're doing on Pinterest. I love it. Yes, because it's so connected. I love that. I actually love that whole uh, concept. Yeah, I'm very into Pinterest as well. Very, very into Pinterest. And um, particularly now we're having another baby, Dave and I, and we just did a, uh, a huge board around baby, nursery baby, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like one of those people right now. I'm one of the baby people on Pinterest. <laughs> it's just slightly annoying. It's Although maybe a little bit less annoying than sometimes the wedding people on Pinterest. You just can't help it. You just, you got to no, go. I think, I think that I know about engagements first on Pinterest because someone starts a wedding board totally. before they announce it on Facebook with their status change. Yeah, but you know that the worst is when someone does the wedding board before they're even engaged. That's when you have that's when you know you're in you're in for trouble. All right, I love it. It's been it's been such a pleasure chatting social with you, Michelle, and uh, hopefully everyone follows you and congrats on all the great work you're doing at Farmers as well. It's really exciting stuff. Thank you and thank you so much again for having me. Of course, of course. Okay, we'll talk soon. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.